1: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast
0: Network, your team every day. I'm Robert Land and welcome to a Thursday edition of Locked On Texans. Back with us is Chronicle blogger Stephanie Stradley. Great to have you back with us, Steph. And is there something people aren't talking about with the Texans that you think they should be talking about?
1: It's hard to say. I I think that the popular topic certainly is Brock Osweiler and then bringing in his salary and comparing him to some of the other quarterbacks in the league developmentally. Yeah,
0: you think so? That's just a little bit of a topic. People can't stop talking about Brock, but you know what? It's it's interesting.
1: It's a fair comment because, you know, if you don't have a quarterback, you have nothing in the NFL. And I, I completely get that. I also think that you have to look at some context issues as well. Like, you know, going into this season, at least I wasn't very optimistic on the offensive side, despite all the new additions, because usually inexperienced receivers struggle at first. They show flashes, but then, you know, they're dealing with the length of the NFL season and the complexity, which is much more than what you see on, on the college level. Ideally, if you're developing a new-to-you quarterback, whatever background, you'd like to have an established offensive line. And certainly the Texans did not have that. I mean, they had a plan. By the time that the season started, they were about on plan C of their offensive line. And then there's also the factor that the Texans, for better or worse, run a fairly complex Offensive scheme that demands a lot from the quarterback and it demands a lot from the wide receivers. Some of the options that people talk about, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, might have had a more difficult time trying to learn this offense. Also, you factor in that the early season schedule that the Texans had ended up being one of the harder schedules in the league. So, ideally, if you're transitioning a quarterback into a new system you know there there really aren't any directional schools in the NFL but you would probably not want them facing some of the more difficult defenses early on but that's what they did but now here we are this far into the season six and three despite the fact that the the offense and the special teams in particular have not been very efficient and you know the the glass Uh, half empty view is well this just means that you know maybe they go to the playoffs but they don't do anything and the glass half full version is chemistry wise over the course of the season there is room for improvement I mean you heard DeAndre Hopkins say that this week that they haven't played their best ball I think that that's in, in some ways an understatement they have the ability to play better it's just a question of learning what they do the best and kind of getting through some of the injuries that they've had in their in their year and just learning more about their players because you know this whole offense not just the quarterback position the entire offense has been retooled and that takes some time i mean one of the benefits that the texans had their 2011 season was even though they didn't have a lot of dynamic players on offense, they had played together for a while. So that was an advantage that they had over some of the teams that were kind of making things up on the fly. They have the the opposite issue this year, where they have a lot of potential on offense, but it takes a while for that to get together. And it's still an open question whether they can, but I wouldn't preclude it. And and certainly their finishing stretch projects to have a relatively easier strength of schedule. And they already have wins against all of their divisional opponents, which shouldn't be overlooked.
0: At some point, I think we've got to give Bill O'Brien some credit. I feel like he gets a lot of blame for a lot of different things. The Texans are the least penalized team in the NFL this season. They always seem to play well in the fourth quarter. When the game is close, they they seem to pick up yards and and have long drives. Most of those fourth quarters, when they've been blown out, obviously that's a whole other situation, and that's what's happened in their losses. But for the most part in the fourth quarter, maybe except for the Bengals game this season, they've played pretty well. And I also feel like O'Brien's got to get some credit because I don't know if it's Rick Smith or it's Bill O'Brien, or who it is, but we've definitely seen, stuff an upgrade in the talent level in the last three years under O'Brien. Because if J.J. Watt was playing with this defense, you have to believe that this would be maybe the most dominant defense in the NFL. If this was a healthy, normal J.J. Watt year, and we might never see that again, but you look at Bernardrick McKinney, and what Jadavian Clowney is doing now that he's finally healthy, healthy and then the additions of what A.J. Boye and you know how he's improved, and if Kevin Johnson was healthy, all of these guys have a great deal of talent, and you put that with J.J. Watt, and you go, look, if the Texans had that, they might have the best defense in the NFL.
1: I probably would not be as enthusiastic about that as you just characterized that. I mean, because I have to say, The reason why the defense looks good is they have good defensive coaching combined with spending a lot of draft resources on that side of the ball. But if you go back to 2013, the fundamental reason why that Texans team was so terrible is that their offense was either too old or too young in in many parts, and they didn't have a plan for transitioning if Matt Schaub's arm fell off, which basically it did. The 2013 Texans put too much pressure on the defense that ended up getting injured because they were on the field too long and the special teams was horrible and is still horrible, by the way. I'm not going to throw a parade for what's happened so far because the offensive line is in transition. They didn't really attack fixing a lot of their offensive problems until this year. And frankly, I have to say that for me, 2014 and 2015 felt like wasted offensive years. That If you're doing a do-over on offense in 2016, that's three years too late. So yeah, I, I would expect for the defense to be good because it has good coaching. That's proven coaching combined with a lot of resources on that side of the ball. The question is is whether the Texans can put an NFL offense on the field that isn't an albatross to the team. And I think that's an open question. you know, you hired Bill O'Brien as an offensive mind. He has done some good things. There are players in the league that say, oh, yeah, the coaching that they got from the Texans on the offense was the best coaching that they had. But the proof is what they do. And, you know, until until the offense isn't an albatross and isn't something that you kind of have to win despite of, I think that there's open questions on that.
0: But you don't think that the offense and the defense have added a lot more talent over the last three years? And if you just take into account that maybe the quarterback issues have been the problem with the offense, that that's not it's not as simple as that is what you're saying. I understand the offensive line isn't anything special. We're not talking about the Cowboys offensive line, but it's a very manageable offensive line. They got hit by a couple of injuries that really kill them early in the season, but, Now they're starting to get it together. But without Dwayne Brown and Nick Martin to start the season, you've you've got an undrafted rookie and Greg Mance. And that was something that they definitely addressed and they've addressed in the draft. And Xavier Suofilo is playing better. And he's not the, you know, he's not the bust that we thought he was. I mean, his pass protection isn't great, but, you know.
1: I guess part of it is if you draft people high enough, you would hope that they're good. and, And the Texans have tended to do well in the first round. But there's opportunity costs for different kinds of positions that you've chosen over time. Potential without production is is a nothing, you know? The offense is nearly unwatchable at times. There have been signs of life, and yes, they have faced some difficult defenses. I guess the larger question is not just pieces and parts. It is, can this staff put together an offense, develop an offense, That plays well, like you, you know, if you're developing any new quarterback and I'm not just talking about Brock or anyone, you want to develop a decent defense, a decent offensive line and a decent running game. Right. And I guess they waited until 2016 to try doing this, I guess. But
0: the quarterback is what it really comes down to.
1: Because the offense, the offense has been terrible in 2014 it was terrible in 2015. It was terrible this year. And yes, they have a winning record. But if you look back at a number of those games, many of those games, a, a play here or play there could have gone the other way. Now, that's the history. Maybe they improve, but we shouldn't let the wins and losses take away from the fact that right now they still have training wheels on their offense. Year three into to a history with somebody who was hired because he was supposed to be an offensive minded head coach, which we have not seen that
0: on the field. I guess what I'm missing stuff is how can you have a good offense when you've had nine quarterbacks in two and a half seasons? I, I don't get it.
1: And whose fault is that?
0: Well, I understand. And, I, and I, I, I get that, but they also, you know, you could say what you want to about the Brian Hoyers of the world and the Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world, but, they played pretty well under Bill O'Brien, I thought, considering what what they did the rest of their career. But also, you got to factor in, in both of those years, they had a ton of injuries, which led to, I think, eight quarterbacks over two seasons during that stretch. And with Brock Osweiler, you know, I, I'm the last person, I guess, that's alive that still has a little bit of patience for him because I still feel like he's learning the offense. And, and you know, I... I talked to Kurt Warner in training camp. I, you might remember Steph, that he was sure. out there. And Kurt Warner said, hey, it takes you 12 months to learn an offense really as a quarterback, to know where every guy's going and all of that sort of stuff. And I'm not excusing some of Brock Osweiler's mistakes, but I look at the quarterback situation, and, and, and it, I think it all boils back down to the quarterback with this team because I f- feel like the talent hasn't been terrible with the rest of the team, and the tight ends are finally – becoming something this season and that was something that was left you know high and dry when when Bill O'Brien came in
1: who is the person that picked all these people you know there's different ways of developing the quarterback position and frankly I I do realize that unless you win the lotto and you end up picking a great quarterback it can be difficult Teams have been doing that from lower round picks. Um, there's no denying it, but it is a hard thing. The question is, is whether this staff can put together an effective offense, not just oh, a you know a pretty good offense given what they're given. You know, they're in charge of their own roster and their own development. And I'm glad that, you know, I guess they got a memo in 2016 that, hey, maybe they needed more talent on offense. You know, that's nice of them to recognize that. But it seems to me that the the previous two years were a waste. And so, I mean, you can't analyze the staff saying, well, you know, they have lots of talent. It's all the quarterback. Well, they picked that quarterback.
0: They had different options. There's no question that the, the quarterback's been an issue. And, and it, it's not like the Texans are the only team. I always... Get this feeling that with fans and everybody else, and and, and I, I think the patience with quarterbacks are are so thin. And I also feel like there's this idea that these guys are are just you could oh why why don't we just go get a great quarterback like every other team in the NFL except maybe eight or ten teams are they're saying the same thing they're having the same issue that the Texans are.
1: No, I get that. I get that completely. I mean, I have a lot of respect for the difficulty of developing quarterbacks in in the modern world. I mean, it's, it's difficult. Defenses are good. It's hard to keep continuity on offensive lines, blah, blah, blah. Most teams are looking for their franchise guy. The narrative as it relates to the Jaguars was Bortles is the guy until this season started, and then Bortles' arm looks crazy. So, I mean... I get some of those issues, but I'm not about to throw a parade because the Texans are six and three with the way that their offense and their special teams have been playing. Sure. They are scrapping to wins. They are lucky to be at six and three. But here we are, and the question is: is whether the promise that DeAndre Hopkins said is true, which is they could play much better. I do think that they could play much better. I think the offensive line getting more continuity does help because there's you know a number of parts that are new to the team are not ideal are not people that you would tag as starting nfl offensive linemen but that's what they have and they've had some significant injuries the history of the nfl is all about teams figuring it out at the right time and getting themselves in a position where they can get to the playoffs and if you're six and three by this time of the season even not playing particularly good ball, you know, you do have potential, but, you know, they're going to have to get it together. And right now the offense is a detriment to the team. It puts so much pressure on the defense every week to keep games close. And sometimes they can do it and sometimes they just don't really have a chance. I mean, they're on the field for a long time and it, it puts a ton of pressure on the defense. It exposes the defense injuries and it's hard to be a defensive team in the modern NFL because of the way that penalties are called
0: and I do realize that there are people out there right now that are listening going wait you didn't mention the fact that they passed on Derek Carr and and drafted Xavier Suofilo and yes that turned out to be a disastrous mistake is it
1: is it like because I have to say that for most players in the league a good fit is important for their success. I really, absolutely believe that there are very few players that, no matter where they would have gone to, they would have succeeded. You know, Andre Johnson, I think, is one of those players, but that is rare. I am not sure that uh, a Derek Carr that would go to the Texans would have had the same successes that he's having. With the Raiders, I think for a lot of quarterbacks, they need the offensive line, they need the running game, they need good field position, and they need an offense that allows them to succeed, and and a good fit with that offense. And for example, Kubiak's offense, you can fit a lot of different quarterbacks in that offense, and it's not that complex, and they can have some success in it. It can be difficult, but they can do that. The flip side of that is defenses know what they're going to do. It can be defended depending on matchups, and it's fairly predictable. With the New England style of, of offense, it's much more complex, which puts a lot of pressure on defenses, but it also puts pressure on your offenses. And the question is is whether it can be replicated in other places because of this complexity. And you no, know Tom Brady.
0: Does it mean anything to you that the Texans are ranked fifth in the league in rushing?
1: Not really because it's not very efficient. I mean, they're rushing a lot because they don't really have options. I mean, I I really respect the point of view of this is the team that we have. We're going to win what, with whatever our team has. But if you look at... Things other than total rushing yards. If you look at efficiency per run, it's still pretty grim. They're running despite the fact that their running game is not very effective. It's effective enough to win. They're winning games in the scrappiest way that you can. Sometimes that's what you have to do.
0: Well, I just, I just took the, uh, I, I took the devil, devil's advocate view on that. But I, I, I really do feel like Bill O'Brien's done a good job. The quarterback situation will kill any coach and and they haven't been able to get it right to this point. And I, I still say, give a little bit more time with Brock Osweiler. I've pointed out this week, you know, over the last three weeks, one interception, one turnover for Brock Osweiler. If he takes care of the ball, I think it's not too bad. And I think we have to accept a little bit more what the Texans are at this point. And they're, a, they're the old school defense and run the football type team and grind it out. And that's, that's kind of their identity right now.
1: I think the big issue is right now they can only win in one way. The hope was when you added all these players that they could win with their offense. And so far, it's been more of a detriment than a strength. The The, the question will be if they're pressured, if there's a big lead against them, whether they can come back against good teams. And, you know, the NFL is meant these days to be a high-powered game because of the way that the referees call the game. It's an offensive league. But the flip side is there's not as many great defensive teams. So if you are one of those, that's a good thing. It would be so much better to to watch the team with J.J., but that's, you know, we are where we are. But I, I guess the the question is whether the offense is going to be something that can become a strength. And I I don't know that it can be. I mean, I think against, for example, the Raiders, their approach is going to be to run the ball as much as they can. And it's good that the the Raiders defense is not great this year. I mean, I don't like the Texans against great defenses because um, it ends up putting, putting the Texans defense on the, the field too long. But I do think that, you know, the the best case scenario for the Texans going into this game is to do enough on offense to keep their defense off the field and then their defense keeping it close.
0: And maybe that Derek Carr drinks the water in Mexico or something goes wrong like that. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Well, I don't think that he's a transcendent talent. Uh, I mean, I, I think he's done very good this year. The way that their offense is set up is meant to help a a developing quarterback I think that if you are developing a quarterback you have to put him in positions to succeed and I think the Raiders have done a good job of that you know teams like the Browns not so much teams like the Texans boy they were hoping for a lot of things to break their way you know they changed the center they changed various things on the offensive line they were having offensive line players coming back from serious injuries They were transitioning their running game that had not been effective for multiple years, and they were incorporating a bunch of new wide receivers. That's a lot of stuff to try to do all at once, and it puts a lot of demands on a quarterback. I mean, I'm not sure what quarterback could have come in and succeeded in in those circumstances. I mean, I, I guess, theoretically, they could have gone with Tom Savage and then picked up a quarterback to develop for this upcoming year. The flip side of that is Savage, you know, is pretty much an unknown and untested. And they see him day to day. And, you know, he sometimes takes too many hits And behind this offensive line. I mean, Brock has been hit a lot, not just sacks and things, but, you know, hits after the throw. You know, there's different ways that you could go with it. But developing quarterbacks is hard. I mean, I think that all NFL rosters should be expanded because of the increased knowledge of concussions and encouraging people to sit out. And it's easier to do that when you have more players to, to pick from. But I kind of also wish all NFL teams were required to carry four quarterbacks. Hmm. And that if you carried them on the roster without it hurting your, you know, your game day roster – Then they wouldn't be nomads going from place to place and not having time to develop.
0: Hmm, That's interesting.
1: Well, it's not because you know there's not really a minor league and colleges play a different type of football than than NFL does. And so, how else do you you know develop quarterbacks? Why not require four quarterbacks? I mean, it costs money, but you know ultimately, if you have a commitment to safety and a commitment to developing football that looks good having more quarterback development couldn't be a bad thing.
0: Let me ask you before we wrap it up, do you have your uh, Q&A with the a, a Raiders Q&A this week?
1: Yes. It's not published yet, but it's going to be with Ray Ratto, who is one of my favorite opinion havers in the Bay Area.
0: That sounds good. And that'll be in the, the on the Chronicle website and yes. people can access it through there, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, a link to my uh, Houston Chronicle archives is on my Twitter feed at Steph Stradley.
0: All right. Well, that sounds great. Um, can't wait for this this Raiders game because uh, you feel like this is this is the litmus test, uh, Steph. It really is with where where the Texans are after those those three early losses that they had against really good teams.
1: Yeah, I think I think ultimately, you know, when people start looking to, so much into respect and where the power ratings rankings are and all that kind of stuff. I would just pretty much ignore that and just say, hey, look, it's not it's not college ball. It all gets worked out in the playoffs and it either works or it doesn't work. So win or lose this upcoming Monday. All that matters is what happens at the end of, of the year. And there's lots of history of teams that have kind of limped through their season and and are – are not perfect teams, but they're perfect at the right time and against certain opponents. So we just see it play out, learn whatever lessons there are to learn and move on.
0: Well, thanks so much for doing this, Steph. I just want to remind people, if you're new to the show, we're all Texans all the time, Monday through Friday. We're all, it's all part of the Locked On Network of podcasts. There's a podcast for all the NFL and NBA teams. If you want to keep up with James Harden's historic early pace with the Rockets, Go to Locked On Rockets with Ben Dubose. You can listen to us every day by subscribing on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you have anything you want to discuss with us, contact us through our Locked On Texans Facebook page or on Twitter at Locked On Texans. I know Steph is also there. She's easy to find on both of those, Twitter and Facebook. And I want to encourage you to check out Houston Sports Talk, my podcast with co-host RG Seal, where we talk everything Houston sports, Astros, Rockets, college football, you name it. We're glad you made us a part of your week. Tomorrow it's Texans Trivia Friday. See how good your trivia knowledge is. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of
0: the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.